0: you know with kids and it's just been perfect it's been perfect so we're so excited for you but uh, we are sad that you are leaving but i know that we have some more that we want to say but let's just go ahead and bless them and
1: amen just come on let's just get around them now yeah i heard these words this morning fear-free adventure (laughs) and i just i just feel like this is a fear-free adventure And and it and the Lord just wants you to know the minute that there's fear there, that the Lord just says that He's giving you the ability actually to erase it. And it's gonna be through love, it's gonna be also though through the love of the Father that you recognize this is fear and it has no place here. And so we just we just declare over you that this is a love adventure. It's a love adventure with Jesus. It's a love adventure with each other and the kids and the girls, and just, it's a love adventure. And so we just bless you. Whoa.
2: I'm just seeing prophetically over Ooh, you guys. One second. Oh, yeah. One <laughs>
1: second. We just pull back the bow right now. And we, we, we say, go be fire. Go be arrows of fire. And Redding's not your final landing spot, so go be fire where you land. And we will celebrate. We will celebrate as a ascending house. We will say, look at them run. Look at them go. Look at them burn. Look at them. We will celebrate. We will say, look, our sons are running and our daughters are running from afar, and they're burning for the very one that we love. Now you can go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just see prophetically like when... Aaron was anointed and it just ran down his whole body. And I saw the anointing oil come down both of you, but it got into your ears. And the Lord said, you're only going to be able to hear the blessings. The The word of the enemy is not going to be able to reach your ears or penetrate your heart. But instead, the filling of the blessing in the Lord, it is not just an anointing on the top of your head. It's running inside of you. The blessing that we're pouring out, it's going to fill you up. And so even when you hear something that's not great news, you're going to see the Lord in it and go, oh, this is an opportunity. This is good. Hmm. Yes, Lord.
1: I just distinctly feel like your gifting and your anointing exceeds your expectations right now. And I feel like the Lord's going to uh, surprise you. Was showing you what gifts and qualities and, and things that you already carry and are carrying. And it's more than enough. It's way more than enough. But you're going to have some big impact. You will expect, try to, try to expect large impact. Go for it. Yeah, just, I wasn't going to do this because this is about reading, but I just see the Lord striking. Japan with you. Like he's, stri- he's striking the ground, like the prophet in Second Kings. He's striking the ground because you're his arrows. It says this in Psalms that his sons and daughters are like arrows in a quiver. And he says he's striking the ground with you already. He's not going to strike the ground. He's striking the ground so that when you get there, it will be total victory in every step. And so we just say, let him strike the ground with you. Let him strike the ground. Let him keep striking. And in this season where you go to serve less and learn more, the Lord says it's going to be about fire so that when you strike the ground, it will become a blaze. Every time you touch the ground, it will become a blaze. And so we, we just say, we don't just send you to Reading. We say go be mighty in your nation. Go burn, go burn, go burn in Jesus' name. Oh, we just want to say one more thing. We love you. Yes. We love you in Jesus' name. I just wanted to say something. When we decided to come down here, we we've always been called to Japan. And when we decided to move down to San Marcos, uh, we knew we had a we had a, a timeline in li- in mind. Like we knew we weren't going to be here forever. And the Lord told us. He said. Don't worry about when you're leaving. Just grow your roots as deep as you can and let me worry about the transplanting. And um, and uh, you guys have been such a pleasure to serve with and to serve among. And we love you, all of you. And uh, come see us. Come see us in Reading. Come see us in Japan. This house is so full of warriors for the kingdom, and we, we want that in Japan, too. So, do you, you have anything? <laughs> uh, we love you guys. Thank you for blessing us.
3: Yeah.
2: You guys just get used to me, okay? Alright. <laughs> Okay, so we took uh, an amazing team of juniors from the high school over to Dominican. So I'm going to welcome them up, and you guys let them know you love them, because they did an amazing job. And the adults that went with us. And adults, probably be prepared to just smile and nod, because we're going to let the students go first, and then we'll probably run out of time. Um, so, All right. We're a few shy. We took 14. We brought them all back. That's the first testimony. Um, so, yeah. Um, but we had we went to a school that we had been to before the first day, and there was a major testimony there. So, Eden, that's me warning you you're going to go first um, because it really kind of set the precedence. But in case we don't get to it, I just want to share, um, 15 people met Jesus for the first time on this trip. Yeah. Um, and you're going to hear uh, some amazing testimonies and stuff, but can I just say there was favor everywhere we went? Um, it was incredible.
3: Okay, so I, I'm just going to say I'm the Eden because nobody knows. Um, so we went to Dominican Republic, and on one of the first days, we had went to a school there. It was like junior high kids, and we shared our testimonies and then we prayed for healing over whoever needed it and there was this one little girl she was fifteen. And her mom was abusive. Her mom had hit her with a bat in her stomach, so she had this huge scar. And then her mom had hit her with a book in her left eye. And she wanted healing, and so we just prayed for healing over her. What? Oh, she was blind. <laughs> she got blind in her left eye, and she couldn't see at all. And so we declared healing over her, and we just prayed for her. And um, after we had done praying, she was completely healed, and she could see, and she forgave her mom. And, and she just started crying, and we all just started crying. It was so amazing. <laughs> okay, so um, the same day, there was, like, a school for, like, older kids, and then a little further down the road, there was, like, a school for younger kids, and so um, we split up in two groups because it was a really big school. So um, we were, like, making crafts with the little kids and all this stuff, and then we were, like, asking if they needed prayer. and. Um, We were praying for some of them, but then there was this one lady, and she was, I guess she was just a helper at the school, and um, she said that she had three herniated discs in her back, and so um, she kind of stood up, but she was kind of hunched over, and so we just prayed for her, and nothing happened the first time, and so we were like, okay, so we're going to pray again, so we prayed again, and then she, like, stood up straight, and she said, I have no more pain, and she started jumping around and praising the Lord, Okay, so while we were on this missions trip, we went to a lot of church services, like a lot. Um, I think this, I don't know if this was the second one or not, but we went there, and it was really cool. It was outside, and near the, at the end of the service, they're like, okay, well, who needs prayer? And, like, I, almost all of the congregation probably went up, and, like, we were just in little groups. or we like, grabbing translators, and, like, okay, like, we see this over you, and we just pray over all of them. And this one mom comes up with her daughter, and um, I personally was, like, had, like, noticed this girl throughout the whole service. And I saw her. she was kind of, like, not reserved, but she was just, like, sitting down during worship, kind of, like, um, just, like, not engaged. Yeah, just, you could just see it, and you could sense it. And she came up, and I was, like, okay, there's something on this girl. And we asked the mom, like, okay, what's wrong with her? And she was, like, she can't speak. Like, she had not been able to speak. And so a lot of us, like, a few of us girls just, like, went at it. We were just praying over this girl for maybe, like, 20 minutes. Um, and I remember just, like, holding her hands and, like, looking into her eyes and just, like, praying over her. And, like, she would kind of, like, um, con-
1: really, uh, she was probably being demonically tortured.
3: Yeah. But she would like hold she well after like it happened, she would just grab my hands again. And I was like, Okay, God, you're doing something. Something's happening. And um I think Ari and I like we thought we heard her say something, we're like, Oh, okay, you know, that's good. But then um after a while, josephina our translator, she was like, okay, guys, let her let her go. If God's gonna heal her, he already has healed her. So we let her go. And uh some of us were disappointed, we're not gonna lie, and I remember just leaving and but God put something on my heart. And he's like, I, I have healed her. It's done. And so I held on to that. But we went to the same church almost three days later, I think. And three girls like did a dance or something. It was really cool. And there's like two older girls and a younger girl. And I remember them coming back out after like during worship, and they changed from their like uniform thing. And that one of the girls was like, wait a second. She looks really familiar. And I, t- I think I told Chris, I was like, I think that's the girl we were praying over. And she was just talking with her friends and just, like, a completely new person. And we didn't even recognize her. And I was like, that's the girl we prayed for, and she's completely healed. So, yeah.
4: So, mine was, Um, there was one, one church service we went to where, uh, one of the pastors there his name is Caesar we were, I got a word for him we were talking and then Mr. Seal and um Caleb um big Caleb went to we had two Calebs a yeah. student one and translator so <laughs> we they were, they went over and started praying over him and I had got this feeling I was like they're taking what I have for him and I was like they're they're about to do it and I went up there and Mr. Seal gave the exact same word that I had for for Caesar, like, almost to the T, like, exactly the exact thing, and were just was blown away about it, he was just like, you guys have the same
1: spirit, and I was just like, that was really cool, that,
2: we got five minutes, so,
4: we can do them, just make them, all right, let me, well, you gave the wrong person the microphone, if you got five minutes, Alright, so I was going to share about water bottle baptism, um, but I asked the Lord what he wanted me to share, and it was a little different. So if you want to know about water bottle baptism, come talk to me after, because uh, it's pretty cool. But one thing he wanted me to share was, all year, so my daughter, this is her first year at the school, and we've only been at the church for three months, and all year I've been saying, the school does things so much so differently from, from all other schools, uh, public and, and Christian schools. But you cannot argue with the results, what they're producing. And that was kind of from an outsider, um, just observing the, the seniors that just graduated, but getting to participate with the, with the incoming senior class. Everything that has been poured into this school is worth it. We need to pour more into this school. We're, we're creating warriors for God. Um, this school is creating warriors for God. So, um, so I just want to celebrate, celebrate the school. And, and one thing, one thing he showed me is like, you know, God has a plan and it's a, it's, it's a puzzle. And if we miss some of the pieces, um, you know, God's, God's complete plan is in its completeness. And, and he has a complete plan for us here on earth. And I know I miss out on some of the plan because, uh, fear, right? Because of reservation. Uh, things like the, the lunch that we had a few weeks ago. Um, <clears throat> things like splash camp this, um, this coming Saturday. And I just want to invite, I, I have a suspicion that, that because I'm a human and I feel reservation, that somebody out there might feel reservation about doing some of these things. Uh, but I would just say come, come join in, in God's complete plan. Uh, you know, come share with us even, even though we feel weird, we should we should we should do it because the first couple of days on this trip, I had only known a couple of people, and uh, I'd only known a couple of people previous to uh, going on this trip. And I really asked God. I said, God, I'm here for ten more days, and like I'm lonely, and and I just feel out of place. And the second night we had a debriefing. It was about eleven o'clock at night, or actually by the third night, and I looked around. And I truly said, I love every one of these kids, every one of these adults. Like, And I don't say this lightly, but I say, God, I would lay down my life for anybody in this room, anybody in this circle. And I had only known him for three days. So the accelerated relationship that God has when he puts us in these positions, in these different positions that we feel uncomfortable, we feel tired, we feel scared. I promise you, God loves that. He blesses that and He anoints that. So, so join in with me on those things. Push me to do those things. I'll push you to do those things. And lastly, if you don't know who Brother Lawrence is, come talk to me afterwards because God spoke to me so, so much through, through Brother Lawrence and his letters, uh, that I just want to share that with, with everybody. So after the service, please come talk to me. Here you go. We're <laughs> Yeah, <right>. come on. <laughs> I'll actually, uh, I'll actually, Keep it going down because I know that these ladies have some things that are awesome that they want to share too.
5: Um, when we first went, I didn't you know, I I know these kids, but I didn't know the rest of them. And um so there was a little bit of, you know, just wondering what was gonna happen. And um I just I just wanna commend these kids to you because every one of them was praying, every one of them was prophesying, every one of them was loving on on the people. And, you know, at one point they even said, we just keep hearing that the last, you know, senior class was the best class ever. And they were kind of feeling a little bit, you know, like, who are we, you know, chopped liver, you know, (laughs) and, uh, I really felt like the Lord said, well, they hadn't had to step up into that mantle yet. And I feel like on the trip they did, like they, they stepped up into a new level and a new mantle and I would go anywhere with these kids and do anything with them and, um, they're amazing, the ones that are not here, too. I mean, like, your this year's senior class is going to be amazing.
6: <laughs> okay. Pretend like we're at the
4: table again.
6: Okay. I have a lot of experience. One experience to make me nervous is um, they put me to sing. <laughs> And I almost I almost forgot I love to sing <laughs> but because um they they have really amazing stuff. We we know a pastor has the music. They uh make a song for that day with the music with the mouth, <laughs> the trumpet. <laughs>
2: he wrote a song about a trumpet and then he just went
6: <laughs>
2: It was amazing.
6: <laughs> I have a video. So Yes, <laughs> yeah, I has to. Yeah. So um, I have everything for you. you. You can check. But after the first time, what I see is the the um, pastors' reunion we have that makes the something active in the city because what some of some of the words the pastor tell me is this is the lady. It's, it's just me. Yeah. what I, what what, ha- what happened? This is the lady tell me. This is the lady tell me that works. And so many many of the church know us about that the first touch. So many many things is happening after the first meeting with them, uh, and their relationship between and to the how easy is going with that. Do you remember Polanco is the one pastor of uh, where in Dejabon? And in he say it's very easy how you guys uh, show to the uh, contact with God is now my uh, religious mindset. Is something really changed after all. And so the second time what I see is they are ready. They are ready for the next. So I probably think and they they are waiting for us. <laughs> They're waiting for more. They're hungry. And one thing is happened very strongly for me is the first word I I was um this man it was um Andres, the pastor Andres, he received words in different groups prophetically the first time and that that words is um a confirmation confirmation and confirmation and he stepped another person and right now he's he has the school, the planes, the papers, everything about that vision. So the first time was the word is coming the second time, and this he, he already has the urn, he already has everything, and we pray for that and he said we're going to be the first move to the urn, and we put we pray about that, and he already said, "I'm going to start on Monday I'm going to start with the urn so can you imagine what is happening the third time when we see him? so it's many amazing things is happening about that we are around. The others, men's and women's can be, the dreams is a life, you know? And God is doing this between and uh, uh, with your support.
0: Oh, I'm not going to say much. I just want to thank the church and for everything, just investing in those kids. You know, my greatest blessing is to see them flourish. You know, what, when they step into the land and then at the end, how they love the people, how they went into a higher place with the Lord and how they're trusting the Lord and they, their faith just increased. And it's like, oh my God, I, I still, I'm overwhelmed with joy. Because what the Lord is doing in this house And with the children in this house And I just urge you to continue to bless them And send them out And I just love this house Because of the heart of missions And without you guys investing And in in sending your children uh, The country that I, I was born in it had Would never be transformed Like I've seen it in the last two years I mean they're saying just a little bit But the stuff that we saw The stuff that we felt And the things that were broken And the revolution that is happening the spirit because of that conference that we had with the pastor has changed the atmosphere and they're declaring that the place has opened heaven. So I just bless all of you and I bless, I bless the leaders and I bless the pastors and I thank you.
2: I just want to thank Josephina too, because she's, she's more than a translator. She just, she's uh, just an apostle to a nation. Um, And, and this is the kind of people you want to travel with. She, Our porter at the hotel, Francisco, while we're just hanging out, she leads him to the Lord, finds out that he needs a new motorcycle, and we rally all the kids, and we buy him a new motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Y'all thank the team. Welcome, Tim. All right.
7: We have a terrible new thing happening around here right now. Uh... This is the third time I've gotten up with less than 20 minutes to share. But can I just say this to Josephina? Josephina and I sat in my office over a year ago and she said, my dream the Lord spoke to me is to take teams to my nation to see transformation. And you know, when we hear the Word of the Lord like that, sometimes you're like, well, okay, well, let's see if we can be a piece of that. You know, let's see what God is doing. So to hear the report coming back, because we were there in December and we did a pastor's conference and to hear that the atmosphere is changing, it's do not doubt the Word of the Lord in your life. Josephina was like, well, I don't know people. I don't know how to take teams. And she was super nervous about it and she's super capable. But we just had to tell her, you can do it. And we'll help. And, and we'll we'll just get in there and make it messy and do it all together, right? And and I just want to tell you, the Word of the Lord, you don't have to figure out how to do it. You have to say yes to it. If you'll say yes to it, He'll teach you how to do it. And and we're in a culture that demands, teach us the how, and we'll go do it. And I want to tell you, the kingdom is not that. The kingdom is the exact opposite. I will tell you the where and the when, and trust me for the how. So amen? Because you all have words in you. You all have promises on the inside of you. And I believe this, that one of the lies of the enemy that tries to stop it is you don't know how to get to the end mark. When the Lord didn't tell us, I'll show you the end mark, He said, keep in step with the Spirit. They'll keep in step with the Spirit, you will get to the end mark. Because the Spirit knows exactly where He's going. Amen? They're already quiet. Goodness. Hey, did y'all just hear blind eyes? a mute. Blind eyes and a mute. Chris sent us a message and all I I said was the report from John the Baptist. Hey, are you the one? And Jesus said, tell him that the blind see. The mute talk. The lame
1: walk. Tell him. He just said, the proof is in the overflow of the kingdom. It's happening, guys, and we're living in it.
7: All right, so I'm going to read. I'm I'm going to get to First Thessalonians five today, so this will be the third week I've tried to. So let me start with a verse in Galatians five thirteen. We've already done a lot of praying today, so we get ready. We're going to do a whole message in fourteen minutes. It's Galatians five thirteen says this: You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. You were called to be free. So any place that's not in freedom in your life is not the will of God. Now I'm going to show you the overflow of freedom. But do not use your freedom to indulge the simple nature. Rather, serve one another in love. So the overflow of freedom in our life is service to the body of Christ and to the world. It was never meant to be like, well, I'll just serve and... and and that's just my gift. Or that's, it's not just for the special few who are gifted to serve. The overflow of freedom is service. As you're free, you can't help but want to give it away. As you're free, you can't help but love more. As you're free, you can't help but to begin to express the goodness of God in your life. And what's the enemy always telling you to do? You've got to be better. You've got to do more you got to know your call. you got to do all these things. And He begins to make us pull back. But I just want to tell you, the expression of freedom in your life is service. It's serving one another in love. But it says right here, this is not my opinion. This is the Scripture. It says, instead of indulging in the sinful nature, rather serve one another in love. Out of the freedom that you have, you have freedom to do whatever you want. Meaning, you have freedom to sin. I didn't say he said it's okay to sin. I said you have freedom to sin, but you won't want to. The overflow of the freedom in your life will be service to one another. But what I want to do now is I want to turn to Thessalonians because I want to show you because sometimes when we talk about service, we keep it very broad. Like, oh, well, I I mean, does that mean I need to bake a cake? If God tells you to bake a cake, bake a cake. I will promise you He will not be telling me to bake a cake. Because he wants to bless people, not curse them. But he may, just as simple, tell you to help someone who's walking in with too many groceries to their car. I'm going to say this. There's a, there's a young person that comes to our HEB. Elizabeth and I shop at the same time every week. Because we have one window to shop. And we also know when it's slowest at HEB. So we go there then, and there's a young, a young person there that has a disability And every time I see him, I just hear the Lord say, serve him in love. Serve him in love. So I'll push his basket or put stuff in. I've put it loaded in his car. I love him. Why? Because God's heart is for him. And the freedom I have, I want to give him. And God's telling me, don't pray for him. Serve him. And then eventually it's going to overflow into healing. So not once have I said, hey, can I pray for you? The Lord told me. He's had too many people pray for him and not enough people serve him. And if you'll serve him, I'll love him, and the love that hits him is going to heal him. See, I'm trying to redo anything that we've built that we have to determine what what love and what spirituality is by doing the stuff. And I love the stuff, but the stuff is an overflow of serving the God. Y'all alright? right? Everybody take a deep breath there. I didn't say don't pray for people. I said make sure it's God's will you're praying for people. Okay, so 1 Thessalonians 5 it, I, I feel like it actually gives us some keys to actually what does it look like to serve. And and the Lord just began to speak to me this, and I've, just, I've been, literally been trying to get to it for three weeks, but I felt like today, the Lord told me today's the day. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you're doing. So they were already starting to catch the revelation. Of how to love each other. Now we ask you brothers. To respect those who are who work hard among you. Who are over you in the Lord. And who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love. Because of their work. Now. I wasn't going to do this piece. But I felt like the Lord told me. You have to understand that service. An overflow of service. Always comes out of an understanding of authority. And God doesn't want rogue servants. He's not looking for rogue servants running all over the world doing their own thing. Because he is looking for a body and a family. And a family understands authority. If we're going to say the expression of the kingdom is family, then we have to understand that in the family, there's always authority. When I was a kid and I wanted to be in charge, my mom and dad would remind me who was in charge. Is that not true? Sometimes with the words, sometimes with the paddle. More times with the paddle. (laughs) Because one of the three of us was stubborn. I don't know which one that was. I think it was dad. But we have to understand that serving has a value for authority. Service, and I think it's interesting that he starts with this. He's saying, because you can't serve and love one another if you don't value authority. See, service is an expression of love. Not a duty of obedience. I can, I, I can serve out of obedience, but it will not be an expression of love. I can be under authority and obedience, but not be an expression of love. And God is not looking for an obedience that says, I'm just going to gird up and do it. He's saying, I want this to be an overflow of love. I've got to be quick here. And then, and then it says this, it says, live in peace with each other. I believe this. What the Lord is saying here in 1 Thessalonians 5 is understanding authority will actually bring a peace in your life to be able to love and live with each other. Have you found that those that aren't under authority eventually isolate themselves? Because they have a broken relationship up top and so that it's hard to have horizontal relationships. But the Lord is saying, hey, if you'll be under... And we're going to get to the serving here, but I want to tell you it's very important where he started. Now the next verse. And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle and disruptive, it says in the new NIV. Encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. This is the verse I've been heading for for three weeks. I actually believe this, that this is the model of service for the body of Christ. And if we will do this among the body of Christ, we will do this with the world. The pre-believer those called to be in the kingdom of God. So the first thing, warn those who are idle and disruptive. I actually touched a little bit on this three weeks ago, but the word warn, it doesn't just mean stand out and say, hey, careful, there's bad things out there, be careful. It doesn't mean that. It actually means to put a different thought in their mind. It means to hand them something that they're being idle and disruptive. It actually means you begin to model and teach them how to do something differently. So service is is sometimes going up to people and saying, hey, I see there's a place that you don't know how to do this, and I'm going to teach you by my life. I'm going to teach you by not just my words, but I'm going to teach you by saying, hey, come follow me, and I'm going to teach you how to do this. Because I want you to know that I'm not perfect in this, but together we'll do it. And we will put a different place in people's mind because most people are idle and disruptive because they don't know how to do anything else. They've come out of family situations. They've come out of brokenness that's taught them that. And God's saying, hey, I'm looking for people who will warn those who are idle and disruptive. Tiffany, can you just keep that verse up there for me? I just, I want you to be a people who put different thoughts in people's minds about themselves and how to do, how to do life. The Scripture is clear over and over. Those older than you, teach those younger. Why? He's saying, I will show you a model. Alright? Y'all with me? Got super quiet in here. The next one. Encourage the disheartened. Now this is what service in the body of Christ and in those are overflow into our worlds. Remember, we're a transformed people equipped to transform our worlds. And one of the greatest ways we will do that is by serving each other. And it says, encourage the disheartened. The disheartened, it it doesn't just mean you know the downtrodden. It it really the word just means those who are, who are faint of heart, those who are having a moment where their heart is not clearly in the place that God has for them. And He's saying, hey, I need you to encourage them. Now, y'all have heard me talk about the word encourage a lot. Because I love that the the, the best way to descri- describe to encourage someone is to give them courage. To give them courage, it means you take something out of yourself. Like if Elmer has something good and I'm discouraged, he takes something out of himself and he gives it to me, and it's called courage. It's not just a hey, keep trying, good job. Sometimes people need to hear that, but sometimes people need more than that. Sometimes they need your courage. You know the night that Jesus was was praying before the father and sweating blood you know he was looking for the disciples to be a courage for him he was looking for the disciples to be more than just you can do it jesus they were doing that and sleeping as they prayed none of you've ever done that move around it helps a little but i i i, I think that jesus was looking for, for, for them, he had been teaching them what service looked like over and over in those three years. And he was saying, hey, I need you to serve me tonight and give me courage. Isn't God good, though? They fell asleep. Angels came and gave him courage. Why? Because God's desire is for us to have courage on the inside. Next one. Help the weak. The word help in the Greek right there means to hold them up. Hold them up. When they can't get somewhere, you help them get there. And I, I, I just want to say this. The best way that you can help the weak is to carry them to Jesus. A lot of times when we get into service, we get too naturally minded about it. Like, I need to do these things, and if I do these things, let the Holy Spirit tell you what you need to do. But the most important thing you can do is help the weak, is take them to Jesus. Over and over in the Gospels, because I'm in constant reading of the Gospels, I'm amazed how many people brought other people to Jesus. Why? They were serving the people who couldn't get there without them. I mean, we celebrate the four friends who tore apart the roof and lowered them down, right? We celebrate the mom who came and said, Hey, here I am. I'm serving my daughter right now. She's, she's demon-possessed. What can you do? What They were, they were bringing their people, the wheat to Jesus and saying, we know you have the answers. It is not your job to be their strength. It is not your job to just, I'm going to make everything better so they can make it. It is your job to bring them to Jesus. There was a moment in this house about four years ago where I wanted to give some money to some people to just help them have a breakthrough and God told me, do not I'm about to show myself strong. And I said, we have the money. And he said, no, but it's not my money for them. That's my money. Don't give it. And I had to hold on to the horns of the altar and say, God, then you're going to do it. And in less than 72 hours, there was $5,000 sitting on the stage for them. Why? Because it wasn't my job to be their strength. It was my job to teach them how to go to Jesus. Help the weak. See, I'm taking off the, the, all the pressure that you have to do everything. You have to be God's people who know the answer. What's the answer? This is, this is Sunday school. It's Jesus. We've made fun of that answer when He is the answer. You can raise your hand every time and say, I know the answer. It's Jesus. People are like, what's the strategy we're going to take the city? It's Jesus. It's love for Jesus. It's letting Jesus get in here and change this whole thing. And if that's not enough strategy for you, I want to tell you, you're reading a different Bible than I'm reading. You're reading one full of Google. (laughs) And TED Talks. And I like all those things. But they got to flow out of the revelation that Jesus is the answer for our generation. He's the answer for our nation. He's the answer for what we're asking God to do. It's Jesus, and we got to take people to Jesus. It removes all kinds of false responsibility off of you. Hey, and when God puts responsibility on you, do it. Last one. We're doing alright. I'm only two minutes past. It's the last one. Y'all should be applauding. Oh, actually, I have two. Sorry. Be patient with everyone. That's what it says. Thank you, God, for perfect timing. Be patient with everyone. The ability to serve will come out of the ability that God, the, 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 the very place in your heart that God has created for you for people. I heard Don at the men's retreat yesterday, he's like, oh, we got to quit using the excuse that sheep bite. You know, like, I tried to love the other sheep and they bit me. So I don't love people. You know, and i got a whole group of people. I'm just not crazy about people. Well, if you're crazy about Jesus, you will love people. Your personality doesn't have to love crowds. It doesn't have to love all these things. But it will eventually pour out of loving people. And you have to be patient with people to love them. The word patient actually is, is really interesting because it actually could be slow to anger, slow to punish. That's what it means in the Greek. Patient. It doesn't just mean, my, oh my gosh, I'm going to be patient. That's the McDonald's drive-thru. <laughs> Serving God's people is slow to anger, slow to punish. And and the word punish actually doesn't mean you get the ability to punish it actually means you never move into punishment. We do not get to give punishment in the church. The problem that the world doesn't like the church is they thought that the church has tried to carry out punishment on the sins of unredeemed man that they don't know they are redeemed of. Got a little quiet in here. You do not get to judge unredeemed man for their sin. You get, to, you get to invite them attractively into a kingdom of God that sets them free from their sin and teaches them that they're not punishable because of Jesus. That's service. I'm trying to teach you service looks different than here's a pie. Here's an encouraging word. It may look like that you see someone in the worst moment of their life and you're slow to anger and have no punishment in you. And you come to them and say, man, I am so sorry that you're hurting right now. Let me love you. Let me serve you. Let me wash your feet. That's what service looks like. Last one. Next verse, Tiff. Tiff's doing a good job preaching today, isn't she? Next one, Tiff. There it is. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what's good for each other and for everyone else. I I believe this. That if we're going to carry revival, this verse has to be at the forefront of our heart. Because we have excused actions by other people's actions. We have excused our actions by other people's actions. Listen, I, I've just come through the teenage years with my children. They'll be, like, I'll be like, hey, don't act that way. Like, but they did. Timothy is the pro. He should be a lawyer. But they have done... And they did this. And here's the litmus test, here's the litany of all the things they've done. So I don't like them. Or I'm mad. They deserve it. Yes, in the eyes of the world, they do deserve it. The world says, stay away. God says, don't pay back wrong for wrong. So you're going to love even when. You get to express, listen. Yesterday I'm gonna end with this. I really feel like this is what God was talking to me about. Yesterday, Don was talking about the sufferings of Jesus and sharing in the sufferings of Jesus. And I really feel like a lot of people have a wrong idea like that. We're never gonna be on the cross. Jesus did that. So what are the sufferings of Jesus? It's to love like he loved. It's to forgive like he forgave. When people don't deserve it, you get to give it away. You get to you get to believe. That God is going to love them even when they it doesn't look like they need it. They deserve it right now. And then all of a sudden it says this. But always strive to do what is good. And the word means there is to pursue goodness for people. To pursue it, it means that there's something in you that I am going to do good. I'm going to pursue what God has for people. Even when they're not acting like they want it nor deserve it, I will pursue it for people's lives. I will serve people and pursue what's good for them even when they've wronged me. Why it? Why? Because we've been taught if people wronged you, stay away. Here's my least personal favorite statement, I mean, that people use. Well, I've forgiven them, but I'll never trust them. Show me that in Scripture. And you can even show me the little thing on Facebook that says trust is earned, forgiveness is a free choice. I'm just telling you that eventually this Scripture says you don't pay wrong for wrong, but you forgive and then you say, I believe that through the suffering of Jesus I will now walk with you even though you've wronged me. I'm trying to raise the bar on how we serve each other. Because serving each other is supernatural. The world is good at humanitarian. But I want to honor this group that stood here today is they did not just go serve naturally. Here's some rice and beans. Here's some puppets. Here's some thing. They went with a supernatural service on the inside of them. So what they gave, the world cannot give. See, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie cannot give away a blind eye and a speaking tongue. They cannot. With all of their millions of dollars humanitarian. And bless them, bless them for it. But they cannot give that away because it is not supernatural. We are called to supernaturally serve in love. What you can give away, like forgiveness, is supernatural. But then when you give your trust on the back of it, it's holy. When you give away your love to such a degree that the world says only God could do that. And I don't mean you're doing it so everyone will see. I mean you'll do it when no one ever sees service. Well, I went 10 minutes long. You should still count yourself blessed. I had an hour there. Easy. So just to stand up on this day of Pentecost. I believe the Lord is wanting to empower us to serve. Isn't it interesting that Jesus, three years with the disciples walking on earth, showing them the perfect example I mean, Jesus was the perfect example, teaching them how to love, interact, how to not have wrong motives, all these things. And then they get regenerated, man. And he says, don't go try to do anything I've taught you until I empower you to do it. Not once did he ever say, go do these things before they were empowered. Why? Because he was not wanting them to naturally try it. He was not wanting them to just say, go do your best. He was saying, now I'm going to give you the ability to do it. And I believe on this day of Pentecost that God is going to give us the ability to supernaturally serve people, to never have punishment in our heart for people, to never, to never think we have to fix people's problems but just take them to Jesus. So if you want that, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. If you're new with us, this is how we say yes. If you're new with us and you think, man, they go long. We do our best. Holy Spirit had a lot of things He wanted to do today.
1: And the last one He wants to give is best. He wants to give you the power to do the commission. He wants to empower the
7: commission today. He wanted to say, do your best to serve. That's not what He said. He said, out of your freedom. Out of the power I've put on the inside of you to be free, serve. So we just receive right now, you Holy Spirit. You give us the power to do the call. To complete the commission. And the commission we're talking about today is to love and serve one another and our worlds. I just feel like prophetically the Lord is just saying this, that He is so about to empower you that you're going to see dramatic shifting going on in how you think about people. And I feel like some of you, there's a really dramatic shift about to happen in some family atmosphere and dynamic that's about to happen and you're going to be about. I am free for the first time in my life in this area. So we just say yes. We say yes to you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you right now. We receive not just the thought of you, but the very tangible power of God coming into us to complete the work. Just one more time. Let's all put our hands up. I talked for too long there.
1: We say come Holy Spirit. Like a mighty rushing. Come fill us up with the ability to do and live how you called your children to live. We honor you, Holy Spirit. We say you have the first and preeminent place here, is your house. Come do what you want to do. We just bless everyone in here now with the love of God, the very power to serve, to serve our community, to serve our region, to serve our servers today, to serve our fellow employees, to serve strangers that are in need of you, Jesus. So we honor you today. We, we just say we know that we, we believe we have received a shifting power from you to go live differently. See, it's not what you pray, it's what you believe. We heard Don say that yesterday. I just want to say, do you believe God gave you something differently now? Come on, do you believe God gave you something differently? So we just we we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
4: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, Jesus.
2: That's such a good word, amen. Such a good word. Alrighty, you guys are officially dismissed. Uh thank you so much for being here. And if you guys are new, our senior pastors, Tim Elizabeth, will be right back there go say hi. They want to get to know you. They want to meet you. They want to greet you. They'll be right back there. And remember to sign up in the foyer for everything that's going on this week. we
4: got Splash Camp, couples dinner. Remember to sign up, sign up, sign up. Thank you guys for being a blessing and be blessed.